Introducing the new way to play Daily Fantasy with Jack Market. Jack Market is where Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. Buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. Make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game. Daily contests are live for the NBA, PGA, and the NFL. Take control of your fantasy sports experience and download Jack Market now in the App Store. Android coming soon. Wrapping up Week 3 Sunday and looking ahead to Week 4 waivers on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone and welcome in to another episode of Fantasy Football in 15 here at The Athletic. It is Monday, September 28th, 15 games in Week 3 down One left to go. It is a big one. Monday Night Football. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. That is going to be a fun one for sure. Can't wait for that to get here, but we've got some Week 3 news to tackle. First, I am Michael Beller, joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR. Another week just about in the books here. Another crazy one, too, at that. How you doing? Doing really well. I'm glad we don't have quite as many injuries to talk about on this episode as we did a week ago, but still a very fun week three. Yeah, it really was, and we'll get to some of the injuries a little bit later, but first let's start right off the top with some of the bigger news developments for the fantasy football world from week three Sunday. Let's start with Nick Foles taking over, uh, at least we have to assume, taking over the starting job from Mitch Trubisky in Chicago. Uh, Trubisky did not do anything really of note against the Atlanta Falcons, who had been one of the friendliest defenses, two quarterbacks through the first two weeks of the season. He leaves with the Bears down 26-10 to in the third quarter. Nick Foles leads the Bears to a 20-point fourth quarter and a 30-26 to Come from behind victory. Uh, Matt Nagy said after the game that he is not ready to name a week four starter just yet. We're going to assume for the time being that it is going to be Nick Foles. So I ask you, Derek, does this change your outlook on Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, David Montgomery, anyone in this Chicago offense? I thought the quarterback situation was kind of a moot point coming into the season based on how I expected all the pass catchers to be used, but... You know, seeing how much better Foles was than Trubisky against a bad Atlanta defense makes me rethink that just a little bit. And, I mean, look, the Bears had two touchdowns taken off the board after mm-hmm. Foles took over, too. So he played even better than those final stats would lead you to believe. I think there's a couple questions I have for you. I mean, Allen Robinson was a target monster in this one. That's to be expected, 10 for 123 and a score on 13 targets. But Jimmy Graham scored twice, 6 for 60. 10 targets for him. You know, Anthony Miller gave us a donut last week, two for 41 on five targets this week. Maybe you got to keep riding it out with him a little longer to see how things play out. It's going to be fools. What's Matt Nagy doing? <laughs> You're not going to bench Trubisky in the third quarter, have him, have him on the bench for a, a come-from-behind road win, and then go back to him in week four. So we can just throw that out there right now. But is Graham becoming the second option through the air here, or is this an anomaly in this particular matchup? I don't know. You know, he had a touchdown in week one as well, and uh, the Bears have been very vocal about wanting to get the tight ends more involved in the offense. It just hasn't been a part of their offense for years now. I mean, you really have to go back to Martellus Bennett to find the last meaningful Chicago Bear tight end season, and uh, it obviously means in two years under Matt Nagy, they've really gotten nothing out of the tight ends, and we know for at least those first two years, Matt Nagy really wanted to run a Chiefs-style offense, which has Travis Kelsey in it, and there just hasn't been that sort of 
player in the Bears' offense. Now, they're running a different offense this season. It's not that same style, but they have been vocal still about wanting to get the tight end more involved in the offense. So you see now Jimmy Graham with the game that he had today. Wouldn't surprise me if he stayed this involved going forward. And you mentioned the two touchdowns that were taken off the board that Nick Foles threw. One of those was to Anthony Miller, a ball that he just straight up dropped on a fourth down play uh, that could have made this comeback less dramatic because maybe they would have come back a little sooner than the getting the game-winning touchdown when they did. But uh, still, I agree with you. I think we're going to see Nick Foles under center for the Bears in week four. And going forward, let's talk about Bruce Arians here because apparently the dude just hates us in the fantasy football world. Uh, we all thought, and I think with good reason, that after what we saw out of Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones in week two, that this was going to be Ronald or Leonard Fournette's backfield going forward. And then... Bruce Arians reminds us that, wait a minute, I'm Bruce Arians. Things aren't quite that easy. Ronald Jones gets 13 carries for 53 yards in the Buccaneers' 28-10 win over the Broncos. Leonard Fournette, 7 carries, 15 yards. Are we ever going to know what's going on in Tampa? Or is this just going to be week-to-week screw you from Bruce Arians? I think it's week-to-week screw you because the tight ends were involved too. I mean, O.J. Howard, 3 for 49 on 4 targets. Rob Gronkowski, 6 for 48 on 7 targets. Brady missed him for a touchdown in this one too. He was open in the back of the end zone. Brady just overthrew him. I thought Fournette was clearly the guy after the Ronald Jones fumble last week and Leonard Fournette looked really good stepping in. You know, Even in that limited role, the per-carry numbers don't really lie, right? I mean, Ronald Jones got over 4 yards of pop. On Sunday, Leonard Fournette just over two yards a carry. I worry because this could just be back and forth all season. Both backs could end up being flex considerations you don't feel good about, even though if either one of them had the job to themselves, I think you could look at Ronald Jones and say he's probably an RB2 without Leonard Fournette in this backfield, and Fournette maybe would have low-end RB1 sort of ceiling Mm -hmm. without Ronald Jones around. Like In my mind, Leonard Fournette is the better player, Bruce Arians doesn't seem to think so, or he sees them as interchangeable, and that is going to drive us crazy all season long as long as they're both healthy. It really is a bizarre offense, actually, for the first three weeks of the season from Tampa. We really thought they were going to be explosive. They've had some injuries. Mike Evans in week one, Chris Godwin in week two. Of course, Leonard Fournette joined the show late, but it's been you know a good offense, but not quite a great offense, and one that, as you mentioned, with the tight ends getting in- as involved this week as they were, one that has seemingly had a different focus every single week uh, of the season so far. So Tampa, Bruce Arians, going to keep being who Bruce Arians is, and that means Tom Brady, bankable, Mike Evans, bankable, Chris Godwin, bankable, the rest of that offense, we're going to have to shrug and play it week by week. One more news story I want to hit on here before we turn our attention to some injuries and to some uh, week four waivers is Mike Davis taking over for Christian McCaffrey in what ended up being the Panthers' first win of the season going into LA and upsetting the Chargers 21-16. to Mike Davis basically did his best impression of Christian McCaffrey. 13 carries for 46 yards, also caught eight balls for 45 yards, and a touchdown that is now back-to-back games with eight receptions for Mike Davis. So he's never, ever, 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 ever going to have the Christian McCaffrey ceiling, but you got to take a lot out of this that he is probably going to have a very similar role that the the Panthers really aren't going to change what they asked for out of their RB1 in terms of rushing game presence and passing game presence. Yeah, you look at the rest of the backfield. Reggie Bonifant was promoted from the practice squad for this one. Two carries for 16 yards, so just kind of a a backup. Clearly just an extra guy to have around for depth purposes. Uh, Some of us thought that maybe Curtis Samuel could be more involved as a runner. Four carries for seven yards. 
nothing to really worry about there. Samuel was more of a, a secondary option in the passing game this week, going four for 45 on four targets. So if you spent 20% of your budget or a little more maybe to get Mike Davis last week as a free agent, I think you're feeling pretty good about the usage in this one, even though the yardage on the ground was a bit light. The fact that he scored and had all those catches really made this week a good one. Definitely a good one. And remember, we've got probably three to five more weeks on that Christian McCaffrey return timetable. So you are going to feel just fine when McCaffrey returns. The party's over, but the party's still going to be rocking for at least another month here. We're going to get to injuries and waivers in just a second. But first, our partners at Manscaped are here with us to make sure that we don't gamble on shaving the same way that we do on football. We've got the Lawnmower 3.0. That's the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of the ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your nicks and snags, they're going to be reduced. No gambling whatsoever. It's waterproof too, and it's got a light on it so you can see exactly what you are doing. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash the athletic. That's 20% off with free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash the athletic. Talking about erectile dysfunction, it's not easy. Usually we brush it off, blame ourselves, just come up with some sort of lame excuse to get out of the conversation. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it is safe, and it is totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will, re- will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. This used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today t- to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Right now, go to GetRoman.com slash Football15. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Football15. GetRoman.com slash Football15. All right, Derek, let's take a look at some of the injuries that uh, happened on Sunday. I want to start with the last injury of the day, at least before uh, Sunday Night Football. That was Chris Carson leaving the Seahawks 38-31 win over Dallas late with a knee injury. Did walk off the field at the time it happened. It looked uh, not great, but, uh, you know, we're sitting here. The game ended just about a half an hour ago. So we have no real information as you and I are recording this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Uh, but... If Chris Carson is out, how interested would you be in uh, Carlos Hyde and or Travis Homer in Seattle? I definitely have interest in Carlos Hyde. I think Homer would be more of like a Scott Fishbowl league sort of pickup or a very, very deep league speculative ad if we get some really bad news on Chris Carson. But if it were a short-term injury for him, Homer's probably on the outside looking in at more traditional formats. That injury was weird because it looked like the defender was kind of pulling on his leg long after he had him wrapped up. Another defender kind of fell in on him late around the back of his knee. So we're totally left to guess at this point. you got to follow our guy, Michael Sean Dugar. He's our Seahawks beat writer at The Athletic. I'm sure he'll have all the information once it becomes available. All right, the most serious injury of the day likely took place in that Bears comeback win over Atlanta. Tariq Cohen left the game with a knee injury. Still no official word from the Bears yet, but word is trickling out that they fear this is a torn ACL that will end Tariq Cohen's season. There's no obvious replacement for Cohen in the Bears' offense for what he does. Have to imagine, though, that if he does end up having the torn ACL and he's done for the season, we're going to see a little bit more volume for both David Montgomery and Cordero Patterson. Yeah, Patterson, I guess, is you know he's a hybrid sort of player in his own right, much different than Cohen in terms of physical build. But 
maybe a guy that could handle some of the functions that were previously going to Cohen. Uh, definitely a, a tough injury for this Bears offense because I think Cohen's such a mismatch nightmare, and if they have more efficient quarterback play, a guy like Cohen could be a really dangerous weapon. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll uh, likely have some word on this by the time we're doing Monday's show, Monday's Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, so we'll update it then. But uh, definitely not looking good for Tariq Cohen after he left the uh, Bears win over the Falcons with a knee injury. Deontay Johnson left the uh, Steelers game, the Steelers win over the Texans uh, with a concussion, or at least a possible concussion. So that's something we'll keep an eye on. Russell Gage also uh, left the Falcons, lost to the Bears with what looked like a possible concussion. They were not the only wide receivers leaving games. We had Deshaun Jackson with the hamstring injury, Mike Williams with the hamstring injury. John Brown did not catch a pass, and the Bills went over the uh, Rams. He had a calf injury. Brian Edwards also missed nearly the entire second half of the Raiders' loss to the Patriots with an ankle injury. Let's hit on San Francisco here really quickly, Derek. This team just cannot stay slash get healthy. We had uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, obviously Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, all out for their win on Sunday. And then Jarek McKinnon leaves the game with a rib injury. Jordan Reed leaves with knee and ankle injuries. I mean, can anything go right for this 49ers team? They got to get out of New York. Uh, the turf <laughs> yeah, right. at MetLife Stadium it was a concern, and I think it was part of the reason why they maybe held back on some of those injured guys actually playing in Week Three. It sounds like after talking to Matt Barrows on the Athletic Fantasy Cheat Sheet on Sunday morning, they're going to get a few guys back potentially next week. George Kittle was practicing in a limited capacity going into Week Three. He might be back at tight end. Jimmy Garoppolo might be back. Mostert might be back. Even Debo Samuel might be back. But they've had injuries on both sides of the ball. It's really impressive. I know the Giants are, are still kind of in a rebuilding spot and losing Saquon Barkley last week. Things obviously are not going well for them on the offensive side of the ball, but to go on the road with all these injuries and to win in a blowout is really impressive. I think that speaks to the depth that John Lynch has built on this roster and just speaks to the job that Kyle Shanahan and his staff are doing as coaches right now. Some other injuries that you'll want to keep an eye on as this week goes on. Dallas Goddard with an ankle injury. Uh, we also had um, a couple of you know non-obvious uh, fantasy injuries, but ones that could uh, impact things in week four. Chase Young with a groin injury. Taylor Lewan, great Titans uh, offensive lineman. He has a shoulder injury. Uh, let's talk waivers really quickly here, Derek, for week four. Um, you know, no obvious winners just yet. I think the biggest name on waivers, the most popular name on waivers, is likely to be Rex Burkhead after what he did in the Patriots win on Sunday. Six carries for 49 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Also caught seven balls for 49 yards and one touchdown. He's always been that sort of Swiss Army knife for uh, Bill Belichick. It looks like he maybe has that role back for this team. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think this is going to be a backfield that messes with us a lot this season, but clearly they're missing key weapons in the passing game overall, so throwing to the backs could be a bigger part of the plan going forward. So Burkhead's pretty high on the list. Maybe there's some shallow leagues out there where Justin Jefferson is available too. He had yep. a huge game against Tennessee, so he'd be pretty high on my list among wide receivers, but this looks like it's going to be a relatively thin week on the waiver wire. 
Yeah, probably the quietest waiver wire week we've had thus far. Um, you mentioned wide receivers, however, and that's really where we have the most uh, interesting guys. Greg Ward had eight catches for 72 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Ayuk, five catches for 70 yards, three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. And what makes those guys especially interesting is all the injuries that their teams are dealing with right now. They are, two, uh, for their respective teams, one of the few healthy guys who are available. That could certainly increase their roles, at least in the short term. Yeah, and I think I like those guys a little more than someone like Andy Isabella, despite the fact that Isabella scored twice on Sunday. If we knew that Christian Kirk was going to miss more than week three, I would reevaluate that, but I think you're right. The opportunities right now for Ward and Ayuk in particular seem to be a bit more open. We will have full looks at the waiver wire for you both in audio form on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, which will be available just a little bit later to you on Monday. And then, of course, in Jake Seeley's waiver wire column, that will be available on midnight at midnight Eastern on Monday or on Tuesday morning, however that officially works. But both of those will be available to you, of course. That uh, column from Jake Seeley only available to you if you are an Athletic subscriber, which you can become for just $1 a month. Check that out at theathletic.com slash football in 15. Me and DVR are going to wrap things up here on today's episode of Fantasy Football in 15. We will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and enjoy the game tonight between the Ravens and the Chiefs. Mm-hmm.